Hello, everyone. I'm Brian Carrington, and you're listening to Call Talk for October 15th, 2014. And today's topic is quality transformation. Now, if you're listening live, I'd like to invite you to be a part of the show and ask questions. Here's how you can do it. It's real easy. Two ways. Number one, you can email me at brian at benchmarkportal.com, probably the most common way, and that is spelled out B-R-I-A-N at benchmarkportal.com, or you can also phone in. If you're near a phone or close to one, just dial 347-857-3117. Again, I'll give you that number. It's 347-857-3117. Make sure that you press the one on your phone to let me know that you have a question, and I'll get you right in. I also want to remind you that all of our shows are archived and available to listen to at benchmarkportal.com any time of the day that's good for you. So just head to our website, find the call talk, and the archive is there just waiting for you. So let's go ahead and jump right into today's show as I'd like to introduce the host of Call Talk, Bruce Belfiore. Well, thank you very much, Brian, and welcome back to Call Talk, everyone. Today's hot topic is quality transformation. We all know how important quality is to contact center operations, and we brought in an expert on the topic for you, Ms. Tony Roberts. Antoinette Roberts, uh, who's the newly promoted Vice President of Operations and Services, has been with Delta Dental of Michigan since 1983. And prior to assuming her current role in 2006, Tony served in various positions, including Director and Manager of Customer Service. While overseeing that department, she implemented large and national accounts and served as the direct point of contact for clients. In 2002, Roberts led the customer service department to its first benchmark portal certification, which recognizes superior efficiency and effectiveness of companies' call centers. She's responsible for providing ongoing service and support for large accounts, including the state of Michigan and the state of Michigan school employees' retirement system. So it's my pleasure to welcome Tony Roberts. Hey, Bruce. Great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Okay, great. Well, it's good to have you, and congratulations on your oh, your promotion. Thank hey. you. I so appreciate it. I'm excited. <laughs> That's great. Okay, big round of applause for that. And I just <laughs> want you to know, Tony, that uh, I brushed my teeth before I came on the show because, oh. uh, you know, Delta Dental had to be nice and clean for that. Uh, that's. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, but by the way, do you guys uh, cover whitening treatments by any chance? You know, we can absolutely cover whitening treatments if that's what the client wants. Absolutely. Okay, good. Good. Well, we're delighted to have you, and the indi- the idea, really, for inviting you on the show came uh, while my colleague Amy Novak and I were visiting your center earlier this year. And uh, really, we could see how much hard work had been put into quality by you and your team. And so I thought you'd be an excellent person to come on and, and talk to our listeners about how you were able to uh, manage that, how you were able to, in fact, accomplish that. So uh, could you share with our audience why you felt the need to transform your quality program in the first place? Sure, I'd be happy to do that. You know, it's funny because we thought that our program actually was pretty good to begin with, but as we started evaluating the program, we really realized quickly that our program needed to deliver more value, and we knew that fine-tuning our technology just wasn't enough. We wanted quality to be something that everybody owned, not just our quality assurance team. And our program needed to be more positive for everybody in the call center, especially our agents. We wanted them to get more engaged in the process. 
so we basically went back to the basics, and our approach was focusing on our employees. We we truly believe that if we involved our employees and got their thoughts and ideas during our entire transformation, that they would gain the trust um, that we thought they needed, and they would see the value that they have in our business and the value they bring to our customers. Ultimately, Bruce, we knew that if we would gain all the employees' buy-in and by having better communication and collaboration, um, that we would automatically enhance our entire program. Yeah, no, we could see that, actually, when uh, Amy and I were there and the fact that uh, the uh, agents there are involved in the process. This was not just something that was top-down. And uh, really, at at the end of the day, uh, results in something that everybody wants, but obviously Delta Dental in particular, which is service with a smile for the the customer, right? (laughs) That's right. That's exactly right. (laughs) So so when did the uh, vision begin? Give us a little bit of the, uh, the history and the timeline. Well, I'll tell you, it's all, it seems like it was just yesterday, but it actually started in 2011. And back then, we, we knew that we needed to build the trust and buy-in amongst everybody in the call center, as well as enhance our collaboration between all the units, especially quality assurance and our operational teams. Um, our scorecard was just way too detailed and causing us to be nitpicky in our employee evaluations. Uh, we weren't really showcasing when employees did great things, and we wanted the scorecard to be more positive. So um, knowing all that, we formed our new quality transformation team where trust and collaboration became the program's cornerstone values. Um, this team was a cross-functional team. It actually spanned across two different sites. Uh, we have a, had a representative from every unit within the call center um, on the team, um, directors, supervisors, quality assurance members. Um, we also had frontline specialists and agents as part of the team because we felt that everybody added value to the team. We were careful to choose our employees to make sure that they had the passion about the quality and the service that we wanted to deliver. And we really looked for people who would give us honest feedback and weren't afraid to speak up in front of leadership. But most of all, they weren't afraid to speak up in front of their peers, which we found to be the harder thing to do. Um, So we chose individuals that could stir up the excitement and really cheerlead our quality program as we transformed. Um, Once the team came together, the first mission was really to review and revise every aspect of our existing quality evaluation process. And to do that, we use two guiding questions. Um, Does this support our goals to be more positive and more collaborative? And will this encourage ownership and commitment? Because that's really what we were trying to gain. As a result, Mm -hmm. going through the process, we developed a behavior-focused evaluation form. We eliminated numeric scores and went to a color-based system. And we were able to establish that shared accountability between the quality assurance team and our supervisors. And together, they worked on the employee evaluations, um, our calibrations, and performance improvement. And we were able to create a process that ensured that everybody in the call center, didn't matter who you were or what position you held, had skin in the game. That was the ultimate goal for us, skin in the game. Yeah. Well, you know, it's so important. And you can see by what you just described that it really was a 360-degree view of things. In other words, looking at uh, people, their attitudes, uh, the uh, behaviors that you're looking for, the tools in terms of the... uh, uh, the scorecards, uh, all of these things have to be looked at together. And, and uh, the exploration, the discovery part of the process, as I like to call it, really needs to uh, involve everyone and not just be something that's, that's totally top uh, down. And, and the fact that you were open to that, I think, is uh, both a credit to you and a reason why things went so well for you. So, oh, thank uh, you. you know, th- 
Yeah, no, I, I think it's great. And, uh, you know, we'll talk about the color-based scoring system a bit because I'm, I'm sure that listeners on the call right now are saying, oh, I want to hear more about that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, tell us how, how did you start to change? Give us a little more detail on that. That would be great. Well, for us, we knew that we had to have a clear vision. We knew we couldn't start this process without that vision, and we wanted to. Know, we had to know what we wanted to accomplish. So quality had to be something that everybody owned in our department, not just quality assurance. Um, in our in our world here at Delta, um, back then quality assurance was really the ownership of, of quality assurance, and they were big brother, and and nobody was really committed to the program like we really wanted. And we needed to really enhance the collaboration and communication between all teams within the center, which is always a constant struggle, as you can imagine. Um, we wanted the program to be more positive uh, for agents and for supervisors, and we really, really wanted to engage our agents more because we felt they were the key to really delivering that message in, in the manner that we, that we envisioned. Um, once we formed our team, everybody on the team had to agree that it was critical um, to change how we did things. They had to agree to that. And they had to agree to be the ambassadors and spread the message during our transformation. We felt that if we were transparent as going through the transformation and we were spreading the word, everybody would start to get excited and there would be no surprises in the end. So they had to take that on and spread the message. Um, during the 10 months of planning that we went through, um, we worked to define what we wanted the end game to look like and how to review the current process to make sure that our vision actually came became a reality. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think it's very key that everyone heard what you just said about during 10 months of planning. You know, this uh, shows that it wasn't something where uh, you sat down in a room and said, okay, we have uh, some issues here. Let's let's get them uh, uh, taken care of by next week. I think that oftentimes in corporate America, and call centers are the same way, uh, there's a desire to just, uh, you know, see that there's a problem, come up with a uh, response to it, and then implement it without the kind of discovery, thought, and uh, really – you know, cultural sensitivity that you need to have in these organizations. Wouldn't you agree, Tony? Oh, I absolutely agree. You know, it was challenging at times. Um, There's a lot of headbutting, but you know what? You have to take the time to do it. Change takes time, and if you can't commit to that time, I would say don't make the change. And the biggest thing of all is our heart had to be in it, and the heart has to be in it at the top all the way to the bottom. And if you don't have the heart, I just don't think you'll be able to change. So you have to have those two things um, to make this happen. Yeah, the time and the heart. I think those are great takeaway points for those uh, who are listening to this. And I think one other thing that's coming through here, Tony, too, is that you're a very high energy individual. And, uh, <laughs> you know, you have that knack for being able to sit down with people, make them feel comfortable with the fact that things are going to change, uh, not be able to take away, obviously, entirely the fear of change, but let them know that there's going to be support through the fearsome change, if I can put it that way, right? In other That's words, there's exactly going to be right. somebody with a lot of energy, a lot of commitment, a lot of love, if I can put it that way too, who is going to be there uh, through the whole process and is going to be supporting them instead of tearing them down through what's going to be for them, obviously, a uh, an important and, and in some cases difficult process. Exactly right. I, I agree with that 100%. Uh, okay. Well, Tell us a little bit more about the steps that you uh, you take to foster this positive approach. 
there really were like five stages that we went through. The first stage was really to evaluate the scorecard criteria. We wanted to make sure that the criteria we were using to score our employees on those calls focused on the desired behaviors instead of the checklist of behaviors to avoid, which what is what we were doing. Um, our main goal was to create flexible criteria that really encouraged the agents to interact more authentically with our customers and give them that true um, service excellence that we were looking for. Mm, okay, and that, that's key, really. Modeling and encouraging desired behavior instead of just punishing undesired behavior is really so key to all of this. And, uh, you know, you guys obviously wrapped your arms around that. Absolutely. Uh, once we, we went through the first phase, that led us right into our scoring approach. Um, we needed to make sure that our scoring approach was working for us, and, and our old way was really not working. Um, the way we did it in the old world was that we would start at 100 points, and when an agent did something wrong or maybe didn't follow the guidelines as we thought they should, we would start lowering their score. The new method is just so simple, but it was so profound for us. We actually started from zero, and the evaluation started looking at what did our agents do right. Um, look at all the great things they did to meet our standards, and they were correctly servicing our customer. And we started giving recognition and points for those um, acknowledgments of an agent going over and above for our customer. So we started looking um, at zero and going up and, and capturing everything great that our employees did for us. We went out of the box and removed all numeric scores from our scorecard, and we replaced them with a color coding system. Um, we chose green, yellow, and red. We knew that that would be the most common one to use because everybody was familiar with those colors um, from traffic, obviously. And we added a blue color on top of it, and that blue level was really um, set to identify a blue ribbon call, a call and an achievement awarded to an agent when they demonstrated behaviors that went above and beyond our defined criteria. Criteria. So we want to make sure that those agents were acknowledged for that as well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, really important uh, distinction here. I mean, if you look at your scorecard before and after, there's a whole different look and feel to that scorecard. I mean, oh, and absolutely. It, it's, it, and you know the, the, word, the word feel is the look and feel of the scorecard, but in fact it's a whole different feeling that it gave uh, to the agents as well. I mean, it wasn't just sort of uh, – a change in the tool, it was also a change in the culture, a change in the uh, way it was perceived by the by the agents. That's exactly right. Once we um, changed our scorecard, it was on to our supervisors. In our world, our quality assurance team um, was responsible for doing all the employee evaluations, um, and then those evaluations would get passed on to the supervisors for coaching. As we evaluated our entire process, we realized, oh, my goodness, we're putting supervisors more in a messenger role than we were putting them in a coaching role. So we added supervisors back into the mix, and we had them start evaluating agents as well, along with the quality assurance team, so that they could be in touch with exactly what was going on with our customers and how their team members were servicing our customers. Um, together, both quality and the supervisors complete the evaluations and work together to provide that agent feedback and, and development that's so important in a call center. Um, now, of course, to stay consistent, we in our evaluations, we do do our ongoing calibration sessions. Um, we do that to make sure that we're consistent, but it also solidifies our commitment to the shared purpose between the teams. Mm -hmm. From there, and, you know, I'm going. No, I was just going to say, you know, we've uh, done quite a, a bit of study on this, and the uh, the classic way of doing it is to, in fact, have 
the QA uh, pass on the completed evaluation to the supervisor, and the supervisors then do the coaching. And uh, what we found in looking at a lot of centers is that there's not necessarily one right way or wrong way to do it. A lot depends on the resources, the size, and other things of the, uh, the center. But one of the things that your approach does is to certainly bind the quality and the quality people and the supervisor people together. And what that does is start conversations, we found, which can be extremely good for both sides. And it means, and ultimately good for the agent, and therefore ultimately good for the customer as well. Because those conversations will talk about, okay, what was it that was done really well? What was it that was done not so well? And in the calibration sessions, uh, it becomes something where the uh, sort of confrontation of ideas and the uh, comparison of, uh, of performance, it, it becomes really something that ultimately helps in terms of improving performance overall. Exactly right. And as our new scorecard focused on what the agent did right, we started into our next phase, which was realigning our coaching with the new scorecard. Um, the old scorecard showcased everything an agent did wrong. It really showed where they didn't meet the standard or where they deviated uh, more than we wanted them to. And as you can imagine, in a coaching session, no matter how hard a supervisor would really try to portray that or present that, it would always turn out negative or give a negative vibe um, in the session. Um, with our new model, it allows us to showcase everything the agent did right, and the employees got to hear everything that they did well, and they got to hear about their contribution to the customer experience. And this was the most, um, one of the most pro profound things for us when we went to this new model. Um, prior to ch the change, we could ask an employee, how did you contribute to Delta Dental or how did you contribute to the customer experience? And they really couldn't articulate it other than say, well, I take the phone calls. Now, because of our new model and, and because of the way we talk about all the different elements that they do well on the phone calls, they're able to articulate, articulate their value and how valuable they are to Delta Dental and, most importantly, to our customer. So this was profound for us. Um, and the new method also allowed us to coach an agent on what it would take to go to the next level and achieve that above and beyond servicing our blue ribbons, as we call them. So um, the new model really went to a more positive approach and really engaged everybody in the process and pulled everybody in together. Mm -hmm. From mm -hmm. Now, obviously, uh, in, in most cases, you're able to bring agents up. This new approach is going to, in fact, uh, you know, encourage people to be better, et cetera. Uh, what about those occasions, hopefully rare, where there's somebody who really isn't performing well? Uh, they get reds. Um, you know, how, how does that work out? How does that work out through the, in, in the coaching process? Is that kind of a prelude to, to termination, or uh, is it a situation where people are, in fact, encouraged to, to get better, to move beyond uh, the things that they're doing wrong? Well, in our new coaching model, because we went to the color-based system and you're not seeing those numbers all over the scorecard, you're actually seeing blocks of color. And for the most part, you're going to see a lot of green. Obviously, green is good, okay? And they're going to see that green, and they might have a few reds here and there. And because visually the employee is seeing all those greens, they're already feeling better about themselves, even if we have to talk about a few reds, because we're showing them all the great things they did with that customer, but there might be a couple places for opportunity um, for them to enhance their skills. So really, it made our, our, our 
conversations and coaching is a little bit better because overall we're talking about all the great things and the reds are minimal. It's not often, I'll be honest, that I get an agent that has all reds. <laughs> so um, in order it, for for them to see visually how great they're doing by all the green color blocks everywhere and maybe having a scattering of a red here or there, it's a lot mm. easier to go through that coaching session because truly those are things that have to change and we can coach you to that, but they leave the room feeling pretty good because we talked about 20 other things that they did well. Yeah, I think the visual actually does make a difference. One of the things that we find both as employers uh, or managers and as parents is that, uh, you know, they always remember the, the negative, right? That's <laughs> exactly right. The positive. Whereas if you have a visual that's as powerful as the one that you have now, uh, all that green uh, can't be ignored. And therefore, the red, in many cases, is taken more seriously. Absolutely, and and one thing I can tell everybody is that um, in our in our shop here, um, when we had the numbers showing on our scorecard, the agents tended to really gravitate to those numbers, um, and they were gravitating to the numbers so much and trying to make their numbers that I think we lost a little bit about the customer experience. So with our visual and going to a color-based system, we're now focusing totally on the customer experience, and they don't focus on the numbers at all anymore because they don't see them. Mm, okay, so it, you ignited this involvement in ownership with uh, cross-functional participation uh, of all the folks in the center. Uh, tell us more about that. Well, I'd be happy to. In the past, you know, I, I think I've said uh, Quality Assurance really owned our program. They were uh, responsible for establishing and maintaining the entire program. They evaluated all the calls and communicated the data to the supervisors, and they were um, challenged with tracking improvement and communicating the results. We knew if we were going to transform that we actually had to get other stakeholders involved, and they couldn't own the process because the commitment wasn't where we wanted it to be. Everybody had to have skin in the game. So we identified three key stakeholders that had to be part of our process, and we needed to get their buy-in and commitment to the program. Our quality specialists, as we call them, that's quality assurance, um, the challenge um, through transformation required them to reconsider their entire function. And rather than owning the entire process from start to finish, they had to be more of a support system. Um, so in our new model today, they're responsible for supporting and educating the call center stakeholders. They encourage the supervisors and the agent's ownership as well as facilitating the quality program. But as part of the transformation team, the quality assurance team or our specialists were able to really transform themselves into the trusted advisors or coaches, bearers of the blue ribbons, we say. Um, they no longer were looked so much as big brother as most people were calling them. Um, we then <laughs> ignited our supervisors into the program and yeah. By adding them back into the process and having them do some evaluations themselves, we were able to bridge um, the relationships between quality and supervisors, which was one of our main drivers. And we were able to foster interest and commitment within their teams. And, and they're really the critical connection to building stronger bonds with the agents and facilitating the development of those agents. So um, that truly was something we knew that had to happen with our new program. And last but not least, we had to add our agents into the process, and we had to get skin in the game with them and, and get and get their buy-in. We wanted them to understand the value that they have in our company and, most of all, for our customers. And we didn't want to just say it because we say that all the time. We wanted them to feel it. And as pro the process was redesigned, we had a series of meetings that um, talked about all the changes that were going to take place and, and all 
the things that were going to happen going forward. And we were able to gather a lot of agent insight, and we gave agents a chance to test out the new criteria and the new color-coded approach. Um, these meetings started shifting to, um, to be more collaborative, and everybody started to get on board and really take notice of this program. And together, um, we were able to transform our quality program. And as I always say, it takes a village, and in this case, it certainly did. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's great uh, getting everybody working together and uh, redefining their role. I think uh, what is very interesting is how you redefine the role of quality and got them to accept it and to embrace it, obviously, to uh, realize it. And, and now, of course, everybody understands in the quality area that uh, they are much more successful and they're much more key uh, than they were before because everybody's paying attention to them now, right? That's, that's exactly uh, right. Everybody has skin yeah. in the game. Right, right. It could have been that they sort of felt a little disenfranchised at first, but it's because they didn't understand how it would all work when it came together. So uh, very important stuff. Okay, good. And um, it's clear that the communication is what builds the trust. It creates excitement. It allows you to break down barriers that um, will therefore allow for the the uh, transformation uh, so maybe we could, uh, as we sort of go toward the end of the show, if you could talk about that for a little bit. Sure. You know, communication was key for us, um, that we do believe that that's what allowed our program to be successful. You know, from the time that we started this entire process, we made sure that we were communicating with everybody in the call center as we went through the process. It wasn't just at the end, this is what we're going to do. We made sure that we had input um, from everybody. We wanted to make sure that we maintained a positive environment. We wanted to be transparent with everybody. And we just wanted to make sure that we had a positive culture as we were going through this. Um, because we engaged the supervisors and agents on the transformation team, we continually shared information with everybody on the floor, all the peers, about what the team was doing, and we always solicited for input to make sure that everybody was being heard because we, we felt that everybody was valued and everybody's opinion was valued. Once we all agreed what our final process was, we designed a public relations campaign um, with posters and other communications to make sure that everybody was intrigued about what was ready, what was going to happen very soon. Um, We didn't want any surprises for anybody. So we held department development sessions where we showcased where we were going and we educated everybody on what the upcoming changes were going to to be. And the most profound thing we did in this phase was that we evaluated our calls together under our new color-coded system. So all 120 of us sat in a room and listened to calls and we at the same time held up our color-coded cards. And this is where we really saw skin in the game because for the first time we had agents standing up and getting on microphones and talking about how a call should have gone and what what should have been done and what should have been said and this was really profound for us because at that point we realized oh my goodness we did change our program and everybody is on board it was just so important to us Mm. this is a a, you know a major innovation and i think uh uh, people in the audience may want to sort of back up and rerun what you just said because it's uh, really uh, very innovative in terms of how you got everybody on board by actually becoming uh, quality assurance people for the center and for each other. So it really did become uh, more of a, a family effort, if I can put it that way. Uh, well, absolutely. These are, 
Yeah, these, these are great insights, and I noticed that uh, Brian has some questions for you, so why don't we go over to him? Brian, were you going to ask about flossing or something else? <laughs> <laughs> something else this time, but uh, after the show, uh, definitely. <laughs> uh, this, one com- <laughs> this one comes from Carmen, uh, Tony, and, and Carmen is asking, what challenges did you have with your existing quality program? Oh, okay. Well, Carmen, let me let me explain that because I can definitely tell you it was perception. Um, perception by the workforce was that quality specialists owned the quality program. Um, they didn't feel that they had skin in the game. They didn't feel it was just quality was a process that was done to them rather than for them um, to help develop the experience for the customer. So that perception was really a big deal for us. Um, we also didn't see. Um, respect of all the respected areas, I should say, um, within the team. So not everybody really understood what everybody was doing. So we had to bridge that gap as well. And we needed to really find a way to improve our efforts in living up to our mission, which was um, making sure that we're um, loyal to our customers and and building customer loyalty. So we knew that the, the approach was needed and we had to change our perception. Thanks, Carmen. Perfect. Okay. Uh, well, as everyone knows, change is never easy, uh, and you guys uh, had to go through some some big changes. And so, uh, Sarah's next question fits perfect into that. What obstacles did you have during the transformation? We had a couple, actually. Um, the, the first obstacle we had was the complaints that the team was re- receiving because they were meeting too much and it was taking too long. Um, this took approximately a year to go through, and there was a lot of. Um, you had there was a lot of effort being put into it, so um, we did receive complaints throughout the department and other units within the department that the team was meeting too much and it was just taking too long and things other things had to get done. Um, the second one that we really had was the negativity. Um, it's, uh, for us in our world, it's sometimes hard to address history because everybody would say, you know what, we've tried this before and it's not going to work or we're going to try it for a short time and we're going to go back to what it was. So we really had to overcome that history and I would say those were the two major obstacles that we had with, with going through the transformation. Mm. And those are uh, the sorts of things that a lot of managers face. I'm sure a lot of the managers who are listening in uh, can relate to what you're talking about. And so we were talking earlier about the fact that you took 10 months to to do this, which meant you did it very carefully. Uh, You can't overplay that card, right? You have to sort of try to keep it uh, going, uh, take the time that's needed, uh, but not too much more. You can sort of uh, start dragging things down. And uh, on the other hand, for those people who just want it to all happen yesterday, it ain't going to happen yesterday. <laughs> it's going to take That's exactly right. Change takes yeah. time. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, back over to you, Brian. Yeah, I've got one more. Uh, this one comes from Glenn. So, Tony, uh, what success did you have with the transformation? Well, it was major success for us um, uh, internally. We were able to get skin in the game from every unit within the call center. Everybody understood the value that they brought to our customer. Those were not words anymore. Everybody felt it, and we lived it. Um, our coachings became more positive. The behavior was um, it was focused on the behavior, the positive behavior and reinforcing of what the agents were doing with our customers and, and not the negative. Um, and our agents became more open and gave direct feedback. Um, they absolutely told us right from the beginning that they liked the new system better. Um, they felt they were part of it because they were included all the way through the transformation. Um, I would tell you from a customer standpoint, um, our 
complaints went down, not that we got a lot, but, you know, every call center gets those, and those absolutely went down. The one that was probably um, the one that stands out was that I, most call centers um, probably experience this as well. Uh, most customers don't take the time to escalate to a leader um, to let them know how well their agents service them. And prior to this program, I would say that it was rare um, to even receive one of those. Since this program went into place, I can honestly tell you it would be rare for me not to receive three to five a week, which in the call center world is is profound. Um, we receive, I've already done three today because customers are actually escalating to a supervisor or a manager just to say how well our agents treated them um, and their, how great their experience was. So for us, um, that was it. That was the key right there. We took ownership, we live it, and now our customers are telling us, you made it. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, th- th- this is so important. I think that uh, what happens is it takes leadership, it takes really clear ideas, uh, it then takes a certain amount of determination and grit to actually um, you know, see those things through. There's going to be some headbutts along the way. There's going to be uncertainty. There's going to be some feathers that have to be uh, smoothed over. Uh, you're not going to get to the kumbaya moment right uh, right away. <laughs> right. <laughs> it, it, take... <laughs> it took 10 months. <laughs> <laughs> it took 10 months. Uh, but, you know, with clear ideas, with, uh, you know, proven methodologies and, and uh, with your head and your heart and your methodologies in the right place, then you can, you can actually do that. So, well, this has been great. Uh, we've uh, this this half hour has really just flown by, and uh, Tony, we can't tell you how much we appreciate your joining us for uh, this episode of, of Call Talk. And uh, with that, uh, I'll leave you if you have a, any final words to say, and then we'll go over to Brian for the closing. I think if anybody's wanting to do this, just take the time, put the heart in it, and it involve everybody. It really does take a village. Okay. Great. Well, thank you again, and uh, Brian, we'll turn it over to you. All right. Well, thanks. And uh, you know, every village uh, does take a village, but they all have leaders. And uh, Tony Roberts, the new vice president of operations. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> thank and, you uh, so much. Who knows? By the time someone listens to this next week, you might be the president of operations with your tenacity. <laughs> 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 And uh, and sharing the success story. It's nice to hear that from uh, from people out there really on the street and doing it. So uh, thanks, Bruce, also uh, for your comments today. And uh, I want to remind everyone that, of course, uh, there's many other shows that we have archived at our website, benchmarkportal.com. Uh, check those out and um, download them, whatever is easiest for you, so that you can uh, work them into your daily schedule. Also want to remind you, you can sign up for a free reality check at Benchmark Portal and see how your contact center is doing in comparison to others in your industry. So from all of us here, Benchmark Portal, keep those headsets steady and your fingers ready. This is Brian Carrington signing out. Have a great day. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.